0: Welcome to Views from the Porch, a podcast where we explore what it looks like to survive and thrive in your young adult years. Each week, we talk about the biggest challenges facing young adults today and how to overcome them from God's word based on our weekly experience in leading thousands of young adults at the porch. For more info on the porch, visit the porch. Live. Thank you for joining.
1: What's up, guys? Here we go. Back with another episode of Views from the Porch. The one and only JT, not Justin Timberlake, <laughs> Joshua J. Timms. You're on like high game mode today. What's up, team? Got to. And then the one, the only L A. A wait. Wait. <laughs> Elena Haas. LA. My name starts with an A. A-L-A-I-N-A hot <laughs> This is off Thank to a strong start guys
0: Hello everyone
1: Hey we are back with another episode What are we talking about today? Uh, Today, we are talking about uh, a couple weeks ago, we
2: did a podcast that we called Charismatic or Crazy. And in response to that, we've got some emails uh, talking and just asking us some more questions around that, telling us that, man, they'd love to hear some more. And then also that we talked about sign gifts, but really only talked about prophecy. And so we'd love to hear us dive in to more. And so today we're going to hit one of another one of the,
1: what we would call sign gifts, and that being speaking in tongues. That's right. We are looking to shrink this podcast audience down as fast as possible. (laughs) (laughs) And if we didn't successfully do that the last time we covered some of the sign gifts, supernatural stuff, Um, we are going to cover that today. Answer a lot of questions that came out. To Josh's point, we covered uh, in an episode called Charismatic or Crazy, just some thoughts on a growing movement as it relates to the charismatic movement or the overemphasis on some of the sign gifts, Mm -hmm. supernatural, um, uh, all of which the Bible is very uh, clearly associated with that uh, the spirit does supernatural works but if you focus on them in a way that is inconsistent with the Bible or is contradictory to the Bible or is disproportionate to the Bible then uh, we would say that is where Christians err and so we talked about all of the um, a high-level really look at some of the supernatural stuff, prophecy being one of them, tongues. And one of the questions consistently that came up was around tongues. What is it? There's a lot of confusion around this issue. So what we're going to do for the next 20 minutes is cover, and as clearly as we can, try to articulate what we think the scriptures are saying we hold um, this is a conversation as a reminder we want to be firm where the bible is firm Mm -hmm. we want to be gracious and open-handed where the bible is open handed and so some of this is a gray area in the church like a divorce and remarriage there's a gray where different people who love jesus they land in different places and this would be one of those subjects and topics where um, there's brothers in christ and sisters in christ who may land in a different place than we land here uh, or at where we land at watermark. So we're going to cover what we think the scripture says and why some of the um, <clears throat> practices as it relates to tongues, particularly uh, people who ascribe to a different definition of tongues and some mm-hmm. of the practices associated with that may be dangerous and should be proceeded with caution and why we land where we do. So any other disclaimers we should put
2: on this? <laughs> Uh, I don't think disclaimers. It really, I, I think that when we're, when we say speaking in tongues, it's good to define that, but there seems to be really two different things that, that we'll be talking through, at least in the next 20 minutes mm-hmm. of speaking in tongues. And uh, one of those just being um, uh, known, either known languages, the ability to do that. And then also private prayer language. Uh, and there's kind of two, two different things. When, when, when we talk around the subject of speaking in tongues, there seems to be really two things
1: that come out. And so, uh, let's, which we would, we would separate them like that. We, we would, I yes. Not everyone would separate them like yeah. that, but as we approach the subject of tongues, we want to cover the idea of one is when Paul says speaking in tongues in first Corinthians 14, when the apostles speak in tongues in Acts chapter two in Acts chapter 10 and Acts chapter 19, when those things are talked about, what are they saying there? And then address what we think is a inaccurate use of the gift of tongues based on 1st Corinthians 14 which is a private prayer language which is somebody just going and praying an ecstatic speech by themselves and why there's some concerns around that some of my closest friends in the world would disagree with the things that we're about to discuss and where we land and so um this is as best we can understand from the scriptures Mm -hmm. why we land where we land and then we'll give some of the cautions around why um, uh, there's some concerns for people who land in a different place, but hopefully they'll give us grace and we give them grace. And as we want to keep the main thing, the main thing, which is Jesus. And, um, and at the same time, honestly address anything that we think could, uh, uh, hurt the cause of Christ or could be less than what God would have us do. And man, if, if we are wrong, hopefully God reveals yeah. that to us and does the same to all of his people. And, um, and I'm confident. That there are areas where at Watermark, at the porch, David's life, I need God to both take more ground and to reveal with better clarity things in scripture that I may not have a full grasp on. There's tons of those. So right now, we all see in part, according to 1 Corinthians 13, that one day we will see in full, but right now we see in part. And until that day comes, all of us have an imperfect perspective on our life and on what God would have us Um, understand from the scripture and even what the scripture is saying. And so if you think you have a perfect perception of everything that God has said ever... Please email us at info at theforks. live because <laughs> we'd love to hear from you. Yeah, and um, and with that said, Josh, what what would be helpful? Yeah, I think the first one. Let's ju- let's jump into what you
2: um, talked a little bit about what was happening in Corinthians and then in Acts specifically about what what Paul was doing when it says the apostles were speaking in tongues. And let's let's start there before we jump into how we would differentiate those into private prayer language. So Let's just start there. What, what's happening there?
1: Yeah. So let's read it or lead yep. whatever would be. Uh, Helpful. Helpful. Okay, so on Acts chapter 2, verse 1, when the day of Pentecost, Pentecost is basically a feast that um, was celebrated in Jerusalem. It's one of the things that God in the Old Testament said, hey, I want my people to celebrate this, but it's basically a big celebration. So think of it like the Texas State Fair is going on, only it's a Texas State Fair given to worship God. So everyone's gathered around, there's a fair, the feast is going on. And they were all together in one place. Jesus has just recently risen from the dead. The disciples have been given this great commission, go into the whole world and make disciples. And the spirit drops and he drops like it's hot. Here's what happens. And suddenly there came from heaven, a mighty rushing wind. This is verse two of chapter two of Acts. And it filled the entire house where the disciples were sitting and divided tongues as fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they began to speak in tongues Uh, in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem, Jews from every devout nation, basically everyone had come for Pentecost. Mm -hmm. A Bunch of Jewish people who didn't know Jesus, they came in town once a year, God said, for Pentecost, come in and celebrate Pentecost, which is this celebration. So everybody's in town for the Texas State Fair, if you will, and they're all hanging out. While this has just happened with the disciples, they just got the Spirit of God kind of fell on them in a unique first and foremost way as the church begins. And so while that's happening, there's the crowd outside hanging out. And at the sound, the multitude came together. They were bewildered because each one of them, the crowd, heard the disciples speaking to them in his own language. They were amazed and astonished, saying, are not these people who are speaking Galileans? So a bunch of people in from out of town were like, dude, I hear them speaking in Greek. I hear them speaking in Phrygian, which is the language. I hear them speaking in Farsi. I hear them speaking in all types of different languages. How is it that we hear each of them, verse 8? Each of us in his own native language, Parthians, Medes, it basically goes through a bunch of the different places they were coming from. And they all heard the disciples speaking in tongues of their known language. And they were all amazed and perplexed saying, what does this mean? So that's one of the initial examples that were given where tongues in Acts chapter two was being led to speak in a foreign tongue you may never have learned. And it was a known language. In other words, it wasn't some ecstatic speech. It was a known language. Should we shut it down right there?
2: Huh? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thank you. <I'm> <laughs> that, is that clear? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Let's move on. And is that Go the back same, to dating. Is that, is that the
2: same thing that's happening in uh, Corinthians uh, or those known language? We see the apostles and it says, is that, uh, is that 14? Yeah. Um, Of speaking in tongues is that the exact same thing's happening. That really was happening. They were speaking in a, what I just heard you say, just so I can be clear and everybody listening is that when it says speaking in tongues in that moment, it was not something crazy, but there was a language that was known. They didn't, they themselves, as they were speaking, it hadn't known it before. It'd be like me speaking in French right now uh, is what was going on. Same thing happened in Corinthians.
1: Yeah. I mean, I I think that um, it's hard to, to make a case that it wasn't without someone, some clear inference that, hey, this is a different gift. Like, why would it not be? If it's tongues happened there and then tongues happened in Act, chapter 10 and Acts 19, why would it be different in First Corinthians 14 that he would use the same word? There's a word for ecstatic speech. It's, it's a glossolalia. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing that right, but it, there's a word for ecstatic speech that is not the word that he uses in Acts 2. It's glossa. They're speaking in tongues, like the tongue of French, tongue of Spanish, that would be a foreign tongue. And that same word is used in First in Corinthians fourteen. And so um here's what we know. When Paul says it's one of the spiritual gifts Every spiritual gift was given for particular reasons, Mm -hmm. for the edification of the body, for the building up. It wasn't given for um, the person just to have some, you know, superpower on their own. It was given to be something that was a source of encouragement to other believers in the body. There's a breakdown of the word gift we use that, hey, how do you know if it's a gift? A spiritual gift. It's given by God. G, it's imparted to individuals. I, it's F for the benefit of others. That's a huge one. It's not just given for the benefit of the person and then it's tested against the scriptures so if it's a gift of x-ray vision that would not be a spiritual gift it would be you're on the movie of x-men or something (laughs) but the gifts of spiritual gifts that have been given by god we're told and the key passages related to that are going to be in first corinthians 12 romans 12 ephesians 4 where we're told these are spiritual gifts that god has given first peter 4 and those are given by God for the edification, the building up of the body. And um, so, yeah, I would think that they are. There's some confusing language. We would say less than clear language in 1 Corinthians 14 that has led people yep. to misinterpret and to yep. think that, oh, this means ecstatic speech, private prayer language. Do it on your own. Um, just igity bagity boo. And uh, and I'm not trying to be um, facetious in that. I'm saying I'm I'm intentionally doing that. So if that's offensive, I'm not meaning it to. If if you disagree with us, I'm trying to emulate ecstatic speech. So I'm not meaning to offend by saying iggity boggity boo. Um, <laughs> and I don't know why I keep saying that, but point being, <laughs> probably fun to say. It's uh, it is kind of fun. But that is a um, that ecstatic speech we would say is is not what is taking place there. Yeah. So yeah.
0: sorry, I was just gonna say in like First Corinthians 14 two. For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people, but to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the spirit. Yeah. That can be. Yep. That seems like it's not the same thing as an Acts two. So do you want to.
1: Yeah. That is the, that? I think that's the most confusing verse. There's yeah. actually one later in the chapter we can talk about too, but I think that's the most confusing verse and that's why yeah. people get confused. Remember this area of scripture is a rebuke where Paul is rebuking the Corinthians and saying, Hey, pursue love. Earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you would prophecy. And by prophecy, he defines that in verse three, one who speaks to the people for their upbuilding and encouragement or exhortation mm-hmm. and consolation. So someone who declares from God's word, a word to the people from God's word for their upbuilding and encouragement and consolation. But the verse before it, so Paul is basically saying, Hey, look, what? Don't try to have the spiritual gift of tongues. Everyone wants to be able to speak French and never learn French. That would be awesome. I wish I would have had that for my Spanish class in seventh and eighth grade and in college. But everyone who wants that, you should hire or you should more desire that you could declare the truth from God's word in a way that is for upbuilding and encouragement. So the whole context is a rebuke. And the reason that's relevant is because he says, because remember, guys, if you're just speaking French and nobody else speaks French. They can't understand you. It's just so that you can go, "Cool, look at me. I can speak French." Yeah, this is awesome. Parlez-vous français? <laughs> and uh, you know what that means? I don't know what that what means. means dude. Do you speak French? Uh, no. Wee oui, wee. Oui. <laughs> That's all the French that I know. But. Um, So yeah, but I do think that is the verse that people think, oh, they're uttering mysteries in the spirit. And the reason why it would be mysterious is that no one around them can understand what they're saying if they're speaking in a foreign tongue. Mm -hmm. Further reasons that we think that um, the gift of tongues um, is a known language is the passage in Acts 2 that is quoted is an Old Testament passage from the book of Joel, where, let me read Acts 2 to go back to that where God or where um, Peter basically stands up and he's like, Hey guys, we're speaking what God declared would happen. Mm -hmm. And he says, remember what was uttered verse 16 of Acts chapter two through the prophet Joel in the last days, it shall be God declares. I will pour out my spirit on your sons and your daughters, and they shall prophesy, they shall seek visions, they will have dreams, they're gonna have dreams for the sake of God, visions of what could be for the sake of God, even on male and female sermons, I'm gonna pour out my spirit, they shall prophesy, I'll show them wonders in the heavens and signs on the earth below, and uh, it shall be that as though the sun turned to darkness and the day of the Lord comes, and everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved, and he basically associates that what they're doing right there Mm -hmm. is they're gonna speak in foreign tongues And um, it was a declaration in the book of Joel that anytime foreigners spoke the language or God spoke through in foreign tongues, he basically was, it was a condemnation on the people of Israel saying, hey, dude, if you guys are not gonna praise me, I'm gonna have these foreigners who speak in different languages, they grew up in different places at different times, they're gonna praise me. And so it wasn't a, hey, I'm gonna allow, um, you know, ecstatic speech to take place or just for the sake of fun French being spoken my people are going to praise me or the nations are going to praise me and in different tongues all over the world they're going to praise me and that's reaffirmed even in isaiah chapter 28 it is a mark of judgment on the people of god if you're not going to worship me the right way foreigners are going to worship me in the right way and they're going to speak in different tongues in different language as a mark of condemnation against you does that make sense Mm -hmm. so help me clarify if that was confusing or we can just, again, shut it down right there. Guys. Well, no, I, I think I, uh, I'd like to argue the other side of this point here.
2: So um, in in 1 Corinthians 2, where he says, For one who speaks in tongues speaks not to men but to God, for no one understands him, but he utters mysteries in the Spirit. Uh, verse 3, On the other hand, the one who prophesies speaks to people for their upbuilding and encouragement and consolation. Verse 4, The one who speaks in a tongue builds up himself, but the one who prophesies builds up the church. And so it seems to be that... Th- there is an argument or maybe room for a private prayer language um, because it's just a, a praying in tongues is a personal prayer language between, you know, whoever's praying and God. And it at least illustrates that to some level. It's, it does help edify and build up um, that person. And so um, what w- what would you say your response to that being like, well, it seems like maybe there is room and even a benefit to, if there is some sort of private prayer language between God and I. So you're saying,
1: Hey, based on the scripture that uh-huh. it builds up that person, maybe that both could be, uh, allowance for private prayer language. Yes. And even if it isn't, what is, how is it hurting anybody? Right. It's exactly what I'm saying. In order to do that? Yeah, I think there's a few reasons. One of them would be, there could be, um, and how do I say this without really offending everybody? Um... It, one, there could be a false sense of, of intimacy that's created where you're worshiping the gift itself rather than the giver of the gift. Um, the point of the gift, according to 1 Corinthians 14 and 15, is to edify other people, mm-hmm. one of every spiritual gift. It's not meant and given to edify yourself. It's given to edify other people. And I think that's a big one. Like if the gifts that you're given are, be, are given to you in order to give to others, that's the point of the gift, so if they don't edify other people, it may not be with it. Uh, the worst case scenario would be that it's it's from another spirit mm-hmm. that um that it creates a false sense of intimacy between you and God that um you're like, man, hey, I, I don't really read my Bible, but I love just the emotional moments and experience that I have in my closet when I turn on this music and I just begin to to speak ecstatically and you forfeit experiencing the true intimacy that you could have with God over knowing him, walking with him, abiding with him, walking in in relationship deeply with his people. Uh, First John 4 says, test the spirits. There's a possibility it could be of another spirit. I mean, that would be the worst thing is like it's embodied by another spirit. There was actually a first century church heretic named Montanus who was kicked out of the church because he would constantly encourage people to, it's one of the earliest examples of ecstatic speech that we have. And they don't use the word glossa. They use glossolalia. Again, the word glossolalia, which is a fun word to say five times fast, just means ecstatic speech. And there was a dude early in church history, Eusebius writes about it, point being, shortly after the disciples are gone, there's a guy who shows up named Montanus. He's like, hey, man, what's up, guys? My name's Montanus. I not only have a misfortunate name, I also (laughs) like to talk in ecstatic speech. Mm -hmm. And he would encourage other people to, and it says that the recordings are like he would fall into this trance And he would go into, and he would encourage others to, and he would, from that, be like, here's what God's telling me we need to do. We all need to move over to San Diego right now. And he would just make up some random stuff. And they were like, that's heresy. You're adding to the word of God, kicked him out of the church. It's one of the earliest examples that we have. And they would say, hey, he's not possessed by the spirit of God causing him to do that, by some other spirit that's leading him to do that. So that would be some of the concerns. I I think what Paul is trying to say is, when you speak and you just edify yourself, you're not doing what you should be doing with the gift. Yeah. And not the reason for the gift. Yes. So he's rebuking <clears throat> in that. Yeah. So and the other danger is it can, it can promote division. It can promote elitism. Like mm-hmm. that's that's candidly I think the biggest concern that I have is the second yeah. filling the idea that hey yes you received Christ and the spirit of God you trusted in him in a moment but you're kind of JV faith until you learn how to speak in tongues yeah. right. so you need to come down be filled with the spirit and then you'll speak in tongues and there's a whole movement that is promoting that and that is abusive And in contradiction to the scripture, Mm -hmm. you have everything you need as it pertains to life and Mm -hmm. godliness, the Bible says, if you're a follower of Christ, you have a spirit, you live by his word and live with his people. And anyone who tells you that you have to have some other experience to do that promotes the type of thing that the Gnostics, man, we're using big words in this term (laughs) in this time, Elena. I blame this on you. Um, <laughs> the Gnosticism yeah. that really was behind uh, Colossians, the book of Colossians was written to um, address Gnosticism, which was like this secret knowledge or this kind of like next level Christianity. And Paul writes and is like, anybody who tells you that is a joke and they have no idea what they're talking about. Yeah. They should be rebuked. And, um, and really what the Bible says is that you have everything that you need in Christ. There isn't a next level intimacy or a next level Christianity yeah. or baptism that you need. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. This one may go a few minutes longer than normal people. So I apologize, (laughs) but we're going to try to drive as much clarity again. I hope you'll give us grace if we disagree Mm -hmm. and pray for us that we would have better clarity to it. But we think that there is uh, the gifts we've been given to build up the body, a private prayer language in private, uh, doesn't seem consistent with the Bible. There's no time in the Bible. It says privately pray Mm -hmm. in a different Mm -hmm. language. Um, and then the, uh, The thing that I've never seen done well, and I know there's places out there that probably do it. I know there are, but I've never seen it personally. And I don't know of a lot of places that do is they follow Paul's words that, hey, if somebody speaks in a tongue, it always has to have a translator involved. So somebody has to have the gift of translation, which could be if you speak in French, you got to have somebody there who knows French so that you can say it. And then it can be translated to the people. And at most two or three not the audience. I mean, that's directly from the text. Like, let's just say it's all true. Let's let's say it is ecstatic speech, mm-hmm. which we would say, no, it's a known language. Well, let's say it is. It should never be a bunch of people just praying mindlessly where they're sitting. It should be at most two or three when they're together and there should always be a translator. That's, do y'all know what I mean? Like, that's literally in the verses Yeah. where yeah. Paul says, hey, most two or three of you guys beyond that is getting crazy up in here. Stop it. And I never see a church where it's like, hey, there's two or three, up, oh, we're cutting off. That's the limit right now. There's four of you, one of you has to go back. And then, what are you speaking? Uh, make sure that there's a translator for each one of you. Mm-hmm. And um, so it just seems like there's tons of abuse. Even on, if yep. you, uh, among the camp that would disagree from us, they're, they're, I yep. hope we can at least agree there's a lot of abuse yeah. as it relates to that. Yeah, topic. And, 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 and even if abuse is,
2: seems really strong, at the, at the very least, confusion. And confusion that can lead to uh, ways in which I think people not understanding who God is, whether, and then also believing maybe something about themselves in that sort of like JV, varsity, um, Christianity, which we do would say is directly against scripture. And so um, I'm, I'm going to give us like some bullet points, high flyover level of... Um, <clears throat> Just tongues and how can praying in tongues be a private language, prayer language? If we we never seen instance in, in the New Testament where someone prays in tongues privately, uh, tongues and the rest of there, like you just said, are a known language, and that all spiritual gifts are for the edification of the body of people and not for yourself. And so that would go, man, I don't think there's a private prayer language. And then, um, yeah, as you just said it's meant to be praying in tongues is meant to be interpreted publicly and also could leave your mind not engaged. Uh, t- and then, um, not everyone possesses the sign gift or the gift of tongues, meaning it could build some sort of elitism in that. And so as we begin those, that's, that's how we land where we are because of those things is those, those principles that we've directly from scripture going, I don't think that what Paul, even though it feels like there's room there in, um, first Corinthians 14, uh, that we don't believe what he's talking about. There's a private player language between you. It's a
1: known language today. There are still examples of missionaries who show up in China and they speak Chinese miraculously. God allows them to speak a language that they haven't heard before. Here's the irony of ironies. I think of all this, the only place in scripture, the only place in all of Paul's writings where he addresses this, you guys follow me on this is in, in this place. And the whole point is to not put too much focus on it. Yeah. Like some people, they're defined, the whole movement is like, hey, this is all about it. Mm-hmm. It's a key part of being a Christian. The only time Paul even brings it up is to say, hey, stop focusing on this. Yeah, when he's rebuking them. Yes, hey, it, you shouldn't make this that big of a deal. Let's move on. Let's love people. Let's love Jesus. Let's know his word. Let's walk by it. Um, follow Jesus and stop focusing so much on this. And mm-hmm. we've built entire movements yeah. around this this thing, which can be really confusing to outsiders. Paul even says that. If you're just focused on, on speaking in a way that no one can understand and can be really unhelpful. And where I think is the clearest to me. So there's people who disagree and we all love Jesus and we want to honor him and do what's right. I think where the biggest concern I have is for churches that say, Hey, unless you are filled with the spirit or unless you speak in tongues, you're not filled with the spirit. You're kind of a JV Christian and you're less than it's the haves and have nots. And I think that is counter to the, gospel and counter to what the scripture teaches. Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah, I'd agree. Elena, I just yeah. wanna thank you for jumping in so <laughs> yeah, much no today. Yeah, no problem.
0: Um, I, I did just wanna say, we like everything else we talk about on this podcast, we want you to look into the scriptures yourself and do the research and figure out where you personally land with this. We're just giving um, these thoughts as a resource to you. We also wanted to let you know of a few places that you can look into it more, um, that we've pr- we've done things at Watermark. Um, there's a few real Truth, real quick, um, videos that you could watch and get more information about it, you can just go to realtruthrealquick.com or go on YouTube. Um, There's one called our tongues are private prayer language and what is the gift of tongues? It goes into that more. And we're going to put the links to that in the notes of the podcast. There's also a blog on watermark.org that is called 14 resources to help you understand the gift of tongues.
2: Yeah.
1: Come on, man. Yeah. Go and wrestle yourself. Hey, believers all over the world right now are praying in tongues and Mandarin, Farsi, and Spanish, <laughs> which is a beautiful, beautiful thing. And uh, it's fun. So if you have questions about this, I hope that you hear us saying, man, there are people who disagree. If you're one of them and you love Christ, man, pray for us and know that we love you. Hopefully you'll extend grace to us. And we see this as there is some gray in the midst of all that, but as best we can, we wanna honor God. And, and as we understand the scriptures, this is what we think it's, it's teaching. And it's not often that, um, that a lot of people are sharing this and there's a lot of abuse that has been associated with this. The prosperity movement is almost always associated with overly charismatic, oftentimes tongue stuff. And so anyways, um, hopefully this was helpful. If you have questions about it uh, or anything that we could uh, address further, you can email us at info at the Live. That is it for us. We will see you next week on another episode of Views from the Porch.